It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. I need to see a dog make a play. No puppies. I need a dog to make a play. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And John McClain joins us now on the phone lines to talk all things NFL. And John, we appreciate your time as always, my man. And before we get into the National Football League, wanted to ask you, how pumped up are you for the Astros and the Braves game one of the World Series this evening? Q, as you can imagine, there's a buzz in Houston all over the city. There has been all through the playoffs after everything the Astros have gone through. With the cheating scandal in 2017, there's only four players who remain for that team are in this series, and yet they still get booed everywhere they go, called cheaters constantly. And Charlie Morton, who's pitching against them, he was one of the stars of those two teams. But does anybody ever call him a cheater? Of course not. And when Carlos Correa signs with another team, no matter what they thought about Correa the Astro, they will love Correa, their new shortstop. So people are fired up. You know, it's the Braves are the good guys. The Astros are the villains. Dusty Baker played nine, eight, eight years for the Braves. It's uh, very nostalgic for him. He's been telling Hank Aaron stories. Dusty, 72, has not won a World Series the manager. You know, there's a lot of people who would like to see him do it, but uh, it's. I think it's going to be a great series with a lot of home runs hit because there are a lot of home run hitters on both teams. And it's hard to believe, Q, if you think about the last, Astros' last appearance in the World Series two years ago, their top three pitchers were Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Lance McCullers. Verlander has been paid $35 million not to pitch this year, while he recovers from Tommy John's surgery. Garrett Cole pitches for the Yankees, and Lance McCullers is out for the playoffs with an arm injury. So their top three, think about this. You go from Verlander, Cole McCullers, to Fromber Valdez, Jose Aquini, and Luis Garcia. So if the Astros win this World Series with those guys starting, I'm not going to say it's a miracle, but it's going to be pretty stunning to see what they've done this year with that kind of pitching staff. Yeah, you're right about that, and I've definitely been paying attention to him from a distance. And you mentioned Dusty Baker, and I've been a big Dusty Baker fan for a long time. I really want him to win that ring. Uh, was disappointed uh, when he didn't have all his other opportunities and he didn't get it done. Uh, how special would it be to see Dusty be able to hoist that trophy? The players love Dusty. Hiring him to help them get through the fallout of the scandal was a stroke of genius, and he has been perfect. You know, 72 years old, he's been in baseball since he's a teenager. He's managed, I think, five teams, and everybody loves him because he's such a beloved figure who is who is uh, respected by so many. You know, from his trademark toothpicks to all those sweatbands, his batting gloves, he's, he's kind of a throwback. He prepares for games by listening to Tupac and some others like that, and <laughs> and it would be tremendous. In the post-game celebration, after they won the last game over Boston, the players watching what they did with Dusty and showing how much they loved the guy and dousing him with champagne, and he was right in the middle of them. I think you. I think. If you think all the people that don't like the Astros, I think they respect them. And I think if the Astros beat the Braves, that if you don't like the Astros, you can still justify it in your mind, well, Dusty Baker finally won a World Series as a manager. 
Exactly. That's exactly where I'm at. I know a lot of folks don't like the Astros, but I, I think that everyone should. If you don't have a dog in the hunt, I think you should be rooting for Dusty Baker. He's one of the, the good guys. We're talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle uh, on, on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And John, we were just having a discussion about interim head coaches. Obviously, the Raiders situation is different than probably any other has been in the league. Most of the time when you have an interim head coach, it's because your team is terrible. Well, Rich Bisaccia is 2-0 and as the head coach. Uh, he inherited a really good team uh, after this scenario shook out with John Gruden. What, in your opinion, does it take for an interim coach to prove that he should be a full-time head coach? Well, this one's different. As you pointed out, Q, uh, the circumstances are different. Now, if John Gruden hadn't been forced to resign, they may have won these two games. They may still be in first place like the Raiders are to be such. And so um, I would think, because you can't make a rush to judgment. Mark Davis, if they win three more, can't say, okay, I'm going to give you an extension. I'm going to give you $4 million a year. you got to see how it plays out. One of the things I have to analyze is if Gruden was still there, we'd be doing the same thing. Players usually want the interim guy because fewer changes are made when you have an interim coach. If they go out and bring in somebody else, it may be a different style would definitely be different terminologies, different coordinators. A new coach has to be able to hire who he wants. And if you keep him, it will be more continuity. So if the players want him, keep winning, get in the playoffs, and help convince Mark Davis he's the guy. Yeah, that makes sense, and that's kind of been the conversation. And I just, I mean, we've all said that it's way too early to to, to call that, make that call right now, but uh, it's just part of it. You know, it's part of the the maturation and to see how who, what goes along and, and how it all shakes out. But uh, it should be interesting to see. Uh, as far as interim head coaches that have gone on and been successful, and even special team coaches, obviously John Harbaugh always points, he's the one that pops into my mind immediately. Uh, how many of those have you seen really be successful and even take on that full-time job? Okay, you caught me off guard. I haven't, that's something I haven't thought about, and I'd have to start looking at every team over history. I just can't think of anything. I'm so tuned into what's going on around the league right now, and, uh, but there's not many who have taken right. over because they take over bad teams, and this is a good team. And i tell you this, because Las Vegas is such a growing city and a destination, I'm guessing there would be a lot of agents calling Mark Davis already or calling Mike Mayock saying, okay, I know you're not interviewing now, but put us on the list. Put my guy on that list, and when you do, give me a call. I'd love to come to Vegas. That's ex-coaches, assistant coaches, maybe college coaches. It is a very attractive job, much more than it was when they were in Oakland. Now, that makes a ton of sense right now. We're talking with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, again on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And uh, you said uh, there's a a lot going on around the league. Of course, the trade deadline is right around the corner, and all eyes are on Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Uh, It's been reported that he is open to other teams besides Miami. One, how true is that, and do you think that he's still going to get moved? Well, first of all, Q, I reported last Wednesday that the, the Texans and the Dolphins had intensified their efforts on the trade, and it, they were hopefully to be done by the end of the week. And if not, it could go up to the trade deadline. So it wasn't done. I think they've agreed on the compensation for a while. It's going to be uh, the Texans were asking for three first-round picks and two second-round picks. 
They'll get their three ones. I don't know they'll get two twos, but they're going to still get multiple uh, lower picks. And uh, he has a trade clause, a no right. trade clause, and he exercised it on Philadelphia. The Eagles were really interested. He said no. And I don't know if anybody else like Miami has gotten in there and got serious about negotiations where they have to go to Watson and say, okay, before we get serious here, would you go to Carolina? Now, uh, Charlotte is about 200 miles from his hometown in Gainesville, Georgia. So his family's there, his mama's there, he's got a lot of friends there. Would that make a difference? I don't know. I bet if they let Matt Rule talk to Deshaun Watson, he could get him fired up about coming there because you know how convincing Matt Rule can be because you covered him at Baylor. Yeah, he is very convincing. And, yeah, if he gets in a room with Deshaun Watson or even on the phone with Deshaun Watson, it could be a wrap just like that. And, uh, you know, we've talked each and every week, John, about um, the Kansas City Chiefs and their struggles. And, you know, we kind of all expect them to finally turn it around and get going. They just got beat down bad by the Tennessee Titans. Do you still think that they have an opportunity to turn it around, or is this a team that's in some big-time trouble? They're in big-time trouble right now, but we still got a long way to go before the season's over. Uh, they're not going to be in last place. I don't know who will be, but Denver, I'm thinking. And I think the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Chargers will all be buying for first place. And the thing that impressed me the most Sunday about the Titans wasn't Derrick Henry's option pass for a touchdown, and it wasn't Ryan Tannehill running for a touchdown or throwing one to A.J. Brown. It was Tennessee's defense. Gee, that defense was mediocre at best last season and started off mediocre this season, and all of a sudden they look great. And two of the players they signed as free agents, Danico Autry and Bud Dupree, had three sacks. And so I think there's that Tennessee defense, if it continues to play like that, they can fall in line. You know, there are a lot of legitimate Super Bowl contenders at this time of the season. And I'll tell you something, the thing that blows me away the most, the biggest surprises in the league, bad surprise, is not Kansas City. It's Miami. Miami was 10-6. and six. They signed some players, made some, had some high picks, Man, they were going to make a run at Buffalo, and if not, they were going to get a wild card berth. And if they hadn't had a fumble in the end zone by Damian Harris by New England in the first game of a one-point victory, they'd be there with Detroit winless. And right. the other one is a good surprise, and the good surprise are the Cincinnati Bengals. Who in the world thought they would go to Baltimore and win by 24 points? The right. Bengals with Joe Burrow and a lot of skilled position players, including the early favorite for offensive rookie year, Jamar Chase, they have been tremendous. And I just can't – you look at the standings and you see the Chiefs last and you see the Bengals first and you wonder what in the hell is going on. <laughs> Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. John, who would you say is the best team in the AFC right now? Come on, John. Speak to the heart. Speak from the heart. Well, uh, I think it's – I thought, first of all, the AFC West was going to be the best division by far, and it's not. And I don't think that uh, it's the AFC – well, the North has got Cincinnati and Baltimore. I still think 
Baltimore's a better team, but man, they just got obliterated at home. There's one team in the South, and that's Tennessee. And in the East, there's one team, and that's Buffalo, four and two, coming off their bye week. Right now, if I had to pick one, I would say this is terrible to say it, but it's a fact. The Bengals just beat the Ravens by 24 points in Baltimore. I'm going to say they're the hottest team, but if I, you know, it wouldn't be the Raiders. I wouldn't pick the Raiders right now. I, I, it, there's tremendous balance up there, but I would say Tennessee because of the back-to-back victories over Buffalo and uh, Kansas City. Right now, Demond's running around the studio <laughs> John, with a big smile John, on his say, face. John, say, John, say it one more time, please. Muscles. You just made you just made a fan, John, by us by saying that with Demond. And and John, just got a couple more questions for you, real quick. The owners' meetings are going on in New York City, uh, and it's it's been announced that the combine is going to be in Indianapolis in 2022, but it's going to take the show on the road. After that, is that going to turn into the draft, like a, tra- a traveling show? I tell you what, Q and Demond, Indianapolis is the perfect destination. It's been there since '87. I've been to every one of them, and it's a great layout. All the hotels are downtown, hospitals downtown. Everybody can walk everywhere. It's perfect. Now they're probably going to go to LA, where everybody will have to rent cars. Nothing is right at SoFi Stadium, SoFi Stadium, and then they're going to go to Jerry to D- Dallas to Frisco, where the Cowboys are now. In their defense, Cowboys have outdoor practice fields. They have a great indoor stadium that's used for high schools that would be perfect for the combine. They have a hospital connected to it. They have an Omni Hotel connected to it. Everything is perfect for there, except those of us who have would have to rent cars because we can't walk everywhere. Right. Exactly. And final question for you, John. Uh, the 2024 Super Bowl, the, the place of the Super Bowl is going to be announced in December. Vegas is uh, one of the destinations that is on the list. What's your gut feeling telling you? You think Las Vegas will get awarded that 2024 Super Bowl? I do, because they tell everybody, if you build it, we will come. If you look back, uh, Jacksonville, they redid it. They got a Super Bowl. Indianapolis built a new stadium, got a Super Bowl. Houston got two Super Bowls. They're dying to come to Las Vegas. I don't know if it'll be the Combine first or the Super Bowl first, but they're going to be coming to Vegas because who doesn't like Las Vegas? (laughs) Right, exactly. They'll be at the draft next year. The draft will be here next year, and it'll roll from there. Well, John, great stuff as always. I definitely appreciate you. What you got coming out on Texas Sports Nation that NFL fans should be on the lookout for? I just wrote my third Deshaun Watson column in six days. (laughs) Because every time I write something about him on our website, it gets more hits than the Astros. That's hard to believe, but that's that's a fact. So I'm going to keep milking that up until the trade deadline as much (laughs) as I can. We got all Astros and Braves, to tell you the truth. Can't wait to watch the game. Q and DeMond, thank you guys very much. Look forward to talking to you next week. Absolutely. Appreciate you, John. Great stuff as always. There he goes. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle right there talking all things NFL, talking a little baseball as well. My man Quick was not a big fan of McClain and his uh, Astros take, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to tell him that's to okay. stop Shout out to my guy Quick. His, uh, his name starts with a good letter, Q. Shout out to him. But, uh, yeah, I know everyone's not an Astro fan, 
uh, for everything that's going on. But, man, I'll tell you, I will be the first one to say I am a Dusty Baker fan. So if I don't have a dog in the hunt, and I really don't care who wins this this Super or this not Super Bowl, this World Series, uh, I'm going to be watching it because I enjoy October baseball. There's nothing better than October baseball, in my opinion. Um, if Dusty gets it and he's hoisting that trophy, I'm not going to be mad at all for that exact reason. So many thanks to John McClain for joining us there. The time is 317. When we come back, we'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. Oh, no, we won't. Just kidding. Uh, at 320, I'm sorry. I don't know why I always change it up. Uh, Moapa Valley High School head football coach Brent Lewis, he's going to join us. He is the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week. Got to get his conversation in, right? We'll do that next here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My favorite time of the week is when I get to talk to the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week. I do it each and every Tuesday. Always enjoy to, to pick the brain of uh, one of these great high school football coaches here in the state of Nevada. And this week, Moapa head football coach, Coach Brent Lewis, joins us, and he is the recipient. And, Coach, uh, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on being the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week. But more importantly, Congratulations on your team getting a big win versus your rival, Virgin Valley High School, in the annual Hammer Game. Yeah, you bet you. Thank you. It's a great honor to, to be honored by the Raiders, and it's always great to beat your rival. Uh, we play for the Hammer in the rival game, and uh, it's been a storied rivalry for close to 100 years, so uh, we're pretty excited. What is it? What is it like for you, your team, and even the community when you're, when you're able to win that Hammer Game? Well, you know, out here in Moapa, uh, Friday nights is huge. Uh, the whole town empties out and comes to the game. And uh, when you're playing your rival, the other town's over on the other side of the sideline. So it's a it's a huge ball game. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And you guys come away with the victory. And in this game, your receiver, Dustin Gordon, I mean, he had a monster game. Nine catches, 187 yards, really a career night. How special was that to for him to have that kind of performance on a night that it means so much? Well, it's huge because uh, he's kind of been overshadowed by uh, a couple of other our other receivers that uh, Virgin Valley was paying extra special attention to, and so he got the ball thrown to him because they were they were singling him, and uh, he was turns out he was a man amongst boys that night. Uh, just dominant. Talking right now with Mawapa High School head football coach Brent Lewis here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And uh, your team has gotten off to slow starts a few times uh, so far this season. What are you going to have to do? What does the team have to do and focus in on to try to get jump started early, especially now that it's being it's, it's playoff time? Well, um, I don't know. If you have the answer to that, maybe you can tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, uh, just, there's been a couple games where we've come out and and just stalled a little bit on some of our drives or we've, you know, had a turnover early that uh, has caused a little, you know, turmoil for us. But I think Friday night, it, it actually was kind of good for us because it kind of woke us up uh, and slapped us back to reality because the second quarter, we we tend to string points together pretty fast and we put 24 points on the board in the second quarter. So You mentioned turnovers and your team was able to create a big turnover, a pick six. How much did that just really help get you get you jump-started and get that extra energy on the sideline? Yeah, that was right before halftime. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, that got our sideline so pumped up. The momentum we took into halftime was huge. So uh, that was Dustin Gordon as well. So uh, he did so many good things on the, on the night. 
That's big time right there, didn't it? Offensively and defensively. We're, we're talking right now with Coach Brent Lewis from Awapa High School here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now that it's playoff time, uh, you know, you, you have the bye week, so you've had a, a heck of a season. Your team's had a great season. Uh, what, what, what is the message that you tell your team now that it's, hey, it's, it's win or go home, it's, it's playoffs? Well, yeah, you know, we set a goal every year to try and win a state championship, and this one was no different. Um, being undefeated, you know, is, is, is great, but our ultimate goal is to to make it one one game at a time through the playoffs and win a state championship. So this bye week allows us time to get rested and healthy, and we've got a few guys banged up, and I think it'll it'll help us to get real healthy for next week. What does it mean for you, Coach, to, to be a part of such a rich tradition? Uh, and, and you've been coaching for a very long time, but just to have that tradition of winning and excellence like you have there uh, with the Pirates, uh, what does that mean to you? Well, for us in Moab, it means a lot because uh, we feel like our the tradition that we have here in Moab football is unprecedented. You know, I come from a long line of uh, – Moab Valley alumnus myself. I graduated from Moab in 1986. My dad graduated from Moab in 55. <laughs> All my brothers graduated from Moab. Um, so it's in my blood, you know. So I think we we all appreciate and understand this this kind of this wave we've been riding. So uh, I've been lucky enough to be a part of it in my 26 years as coach. Right, right. So it's it's just it's just in your blood. And you mentioned appreciation. How much do your players appreciate even just the game of football after everything that was uh, going on in 2020 with COVID and and not being able to play and have a traditional season like like normal? Uh, how much do they just appreciate being back out on the field? I'll tell you what, man. Just to see the the excitement and joy on the kids' face every Friday night, you know that that's worth it right there. Because what these kids have been through over the last couple of years has just been terrible. Um, you know, to have seasons ripped away, school ripped away, you know, their lives ripped away yeah. and to kind of have it back and get a little bit of normalcy is, is everything to these kids. Talking right now with Coach Brent Lewis from Mawapa High School. He's a recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. And, Coach, I mean, what does that, that, that mean to you to be a high school football coach? I always tell everyone it's more than just X's and O's and wins and losses. It's sometimes being a father, a mentor, a friend, a buddy. I mean, just there's a lot that goes into being a high school football coach that's even off the field. What does it mean to you that, to carry that title? Well, I mean, geez, man, for me, you know, being able to, to coach and teach it at the high school that I graduated from, it's, it's, even though I don't get paid that much, it's, it's my dream job, you know, to, right. to coach where I played um, and then to be able to rub shoulders with the, my great assistant coaches and then these kids here in Moapa, man. There's just something about our kids that are special. We're different from other schools, I think, and that uh, pirate pride and our tradition you know is very evident in our kids faces and the way they they are and the way they act and the, and the people that they are so i just love it I, you know, I have a great time with these guys right and, and as i mentioned you you know the, the tom flores high school football coach of the week recipient and i know uh, every high school coach is going to say hey it's, it's my staff it's my players as well it's not just me i know i'm getting the award but it, it goes deeper than that and and just just for you and your staff and all that tradition there how important is it and how great is it that the raiders are so heavily involved in the community oh man it's huge to have uh, the raiders 
in Las Vegas now. Uh, I don't think Las Vegas truly appreciates what we have. So I think uh, getting out there and supporting those guys and, and then the Raiders, you know, giving back to the community is huge. I think they're a big part of high school football here in, in uh, Southern Nevada. And we, we really appreciate it. Now, have you had a chance to get out to Allegiant Stadium and check out the, the high school football wall where it has all the helmets? Have you seen that yet? I have not, but I'm going on uh, tonight. So uh, we're having coaches meet tonight. I'll be up to check that out. Nice, nice. Yeah, I was there when they unveiled it, and it is. It, it really is awesome, and I love high school football, and I, I know it means so much to not only the kids but the families, the communities, the coaches. I mean, it does. It just it, it really helps kind of shape life, and uh, and I know that it's going to be a, a huge tradition here uh, in, in Southern Nevada, like you mentioned, and the Raiders are a big part of that. Well, Coach, I, I definitely appreciate your time. Uh, congratulations again on being the recipient of the award but more importantly just a great outstanding season that your team is having man again the Pirates going undefeated and now you get a first round bye and and uh, you get a kind of you get a little goosebumps not goosebumps but a little butterflies in your belly when it becomes playoff time even though you've been doing this so long oh yeah that never goes away for sure <laughs> well that's cool coach well hey congratulations I, I definitely appreciate you good luck to the Pirates in this uh, this playoff run and, and I know your, your goal ultimate goals to win that state title so so go get it done coach hey thank you and thanks uh to the raiders again appreciate it there he goes that's Mawapa head football coach brent lewis here with us tom flores high school football coach of the week recipient and that's it that's a done deal right there. That's the last one for the high school football season. The next announcement we will make will be the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year. That's very exciting. Some really good candidates that uh, have been recipients of the High School Football Coach of the Week Award throughout the high school football season. So glad that we could be a part of that here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Coming on back, still got some time in today's show. Want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm out, me personally, I'm out of the time of my life. I mean, I, you know, I, I've told those guys, we end a lot of the meetings at the end, night before the game, is you just got to try to find a way to have more fun than you've ever had before. And sometimes in this league, the only way to have fun is to win games, you know? So, um, again, only way in this league to have fun is really you have, you have to find ways to win games. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a... Just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. You know what I'm talking about? That phrase is trademarked not to use the other tradition of Ricky Bobby Inc. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Love it right there. Love hearing that Ricky Bobby return. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio, 9-23-36 is the time. Still got plenty of time in today's show. Would love to hear from you, Raider Nation. Had a lot of good guests on the show already today. A lot of good information. A lot of great feedback already as well. 702-365-9200. Of course, the Salmon Ash text line as well. That has really blown up. I definitely appreciate everyone who texts in. I know everyone's not able to call all the time. But just to be able to chime in on the show by way of text message is great. So we definitely appreciate that. Uh, like the Mailman Raider. He hit a sub, said, Q, how about the Flying Dutchman for Rugs? The Flying Dutchman was a really fast pirate ship. Sounds like a Raider nickname. It works well with Rugs, him being a hella fast and all. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be calling Rugs the Flying Dutchman. I don't know. That's just not really in my, I don't know. It's not really in my DNA. I think that'd be too much work. I, uh, when it comes to a nickname, in my opinion, just my opinion, it's got to be something simple, right? Am I wrong, Damon? Like, your, na- your nickname is The Boss. That's simple. The boss. 
Yeah. Not Rick Ross. But come on. <laughs> the boss. No, you're definitely right because you don't want to think about it too. You don't. You don't want to be too long. Like if Brent Musburger calls it on the touchdown, you don't want it to take up like you know all the time. Touchdown for the Flying Dutchman. Yeah, see, I, I, I just can't get that. You're right. That's a good way to call it. And I know I sounded nothing like Brent Musburger, but that's okay. There's a reason why I do radio and not play-by-play. Uh, another topic that we talked about was just uh, interim head coaches uh, being elevated to full-time head coaches. Got a couple texts, and, and Damon, you mentioned this in the commercial break. Uh, Bruce Arians, nine wins are the most in history for an interim head coach. He also won Coach of the Year that season. Remember, that was in Indianapolis. Uh, got another text. Closest situation that I could think of is Bruce Arians taking over as interim head coach for Chuck Pagano during his cancer treatment. Arians led the team to nine wins and has been a head coach ever since. And that's absolutely correct. And that's something that DeMond brought up. But my counter argument was, yeah, he won that and he won Coach of the Year, but he ended up being a head coach with a different team. He didn't get the head coaching job with the Colts, he ended up getting the head coaching job with the Cardinals. So, and I thought that that was a mistake. I thought, hey, this this guy, you know, he's got the team cooking. They're a really good team. And I know that that situation with Chuck Pagano was awful. And, you know, it's, it's almost like losing your job because of injury. You don't want to do that. But I thought that, hey, Arians was the guy. And the other thing about Arians that I like, every stop that he had been on, he was an assistant. Even when he was in Pittsburgh with Big Ben, all the coach, all the quarterbacks he worked with were all successful. He had success with all of them. So it's not like it was just a, hey, this is your first shot ever, uh, you know, and, and to show that you can get it, get it done. And I know that it's not Basachi's first year ever as a coach either. He's been in the league for many, many moons as a special teams coach, and he's a well-respected special teams coach. It's the reason why Gruden brought him in. But when, when you saw Arians with, you know, the Steelers, Big Ben had a lot of success. When he was in Indy, uh, he had a lot of success uh, with the quarterbacks there, including, uh, including um, Andrew Luck. And then he went to Arizona and had success with Carson Palmer, a guy that I thought was pretty much a done deal. He had success with him. And he had obviously had plenty of success in, uh, in, in Tampa Bay, and that's why they brought him in to try to work with Jameis. And when it didn't work and he ran him out of town, well, nobody questioned it. <laughs> it, can't be, it can't be me. It's got to be you. I've had success everywhere I go. So, and I remember back in the day, I believe Bruce Arians was even at Rutgers, if I'm correct, way back in the day. So, there you go. 702-365-9200. Also want to hear from the Raider Nation listener line. Let's talk to our guy, Fargo Raider. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, how you doing, Demon and Q? Chilling, man, chilling. All righty. Uh, I was going to say, I also think it's too early to talk about the head coach position. However... Looking at this team with the young core and keeping in mind that Gruden was building this team to win for the next six years, I think if we get to the playoffs, Don Basaccia should stay. You know, okay. We can't sacrifice any more years to rebuild, and I'm for one and done using uh, that as an excuse for losing. If we bring in a new coach, they're going to want to bring in their own staff. And, I mean, why bring in a new coach, and if we don't, why bring in a new coach to handcuff him with our current identity? Um, and that brings me to the last point. We finally have a, a, a bully identity, I feel like, developing among this team. And how many of the veterans that are making this team move that are gears that are important to our team are going to be willing to stay through yet another rebuild, especially with the track record that we have with rebuilds? You know, like every time we go for a rebuild – 
we go back to those two and fourteen seasons, where now it would be two and fifteen. And uh, last thing, my suggestion: if we were going to give him a nickname, I say we go with Henry. He gone rugs. <laughs> okay. You guys have a good one. All right, my man. You too. Appreciate it, Henry. He gone rugs. How about that one, Demond? No, that's cool too. I just got a caller. He just wanted to call in. He said he was on his break. It was a uh, Raider Hunt from Long Beach, and he said. Dang, you know what? I just forgot it. I forgot. Man, I'm sorry, man. How you forget? I blanked. I blanked because I was like, Henry, he going rugs? And I was like, no, he ain't say that. Oh, I remember what he said now. <laughs> hey, Big Shot. Mr. Big Shot is what he said. Henry Ruggs, his nickname should be. Uh, that's Chauncey Billups. He said that. He was like, I know he hasn't in the NBA, but he was like, hey, this is football. Just throwing that out there. Got a yeah. call about it. Mr. Big Shot. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not too uh, enthused by that one. That's if I think of Mr. Big Shot, I think of uh, either a song or I think of Chauncey Billups. More, more, more often than not, I'm thinking of Chauncey Billups. Yeah, it's hard to take over a nickname that somebody else made popular, even if it is another sport, because people, right? You know, they, I they, mean, they, yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's like calling him the Big Show. Like the Big Show is a wrestler, right? Yes, he is. I'm not a wrestler guy, but I know that. So. Which I guess that means that you can't be the boss because Rick Ross is the boss. You know what's funny? That's like that's just been like my social media name since high school. And it's just like it's just one of those things. I was like, I've never decided to change it. I made a Twitter in high school. I made a Twitter in high school and I was like, oh, what should it be? What should it be? It's like demand the boss. And I was like, all right, that's what we're rolling with. Boom. <laughs> that's all good. I'm not mad at that at all. Uh earlier today, Willie Sneed was released by the Raiders. And I had tweeted out, Adam Schefter reported that. So I tweeted out, you know, roster moves and multiple folks hit me up and said, uh, the Raiders need to go out and, 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 and sign Keelan Doss, bring him back. And I'm like, okay, that, that ship has sailed. Uh, that was a fun hard knock story. Uh, you know, when he was the, the kid from Alameda, that was a good story, but he just never did anything with the team. Well, a couple hours later, uh, the Falcons tweet out, we have released wide receiver Keelan Doss from the practice squad and have signed defensive lineman, Nick Thurman to the practice squad. So, there you go. You're going to get a lot of that now. You're going to hear a lot of folks say, uh, go out and get Keelan Doss. I, I don't think that that's Come on, Q. He knows the system. He's been with the team for a long time. I think it all makes sense. No, no, no. He's done a whole lot of nothing. It was a good story. I like good, I'm all for good stories, but I'm only for good stories for so long. Can't you know what I mean? Like yeah. a good story is only a good story for so long. Then at some point, you're like, okay. You got to have some kind of, there's got to be some production behind that good story. And now he doesn't even have the hometown crutch. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not hometown at all. boy so, coming home. <laughs> no doubt. We got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q, this buy comes at a good time. Let's get our guys that are injured now time to get healthy. It's a long season. We'll need to be as healthy as possible. Also, I want to shout out to our DBs, Hayward and Hobbs, for not allowing a TD yet. Uh, this has to be. This has to be mentioned because these guys have been playing good ball so far. It feels good knowing that our defense is reliable here so far this season. Again, that's from Sir Whiskey Ray. He always uh, chimes in. He's a good, good texter on the Salmon Ash text line. Definitely appreciate that. Um, how about this one? How about this nickname for Henry Ruggs? How about Henry Balls Deep Ruggs? Yo, man, get out of here. What? How was the name? Don't get mad at me. I ain't getting mad Don't at you. Don't kill the messenger. I, no, I'm, talk, I'm talking about whoever sent that message. All right. How about this? This is a text from uh, Junior. 
Personally, Q, this may sound crazy, but I wouldn't mind the Raiders going after Jim Harbaugh. I think he'd be perfect fit. By the way, this is Junior. And actually, you want to make this thing go all full circle, uh, Junior is actually the one who sent me all this to begin with last night. This is how this whole conversation even started. Shout out to Junior. Definitely appreciate him. So what do you think about Jim Harbaugh? I think he's secure where he's at. <laughs> yeah, but is he doing a good job? I mean, that's debatable. I mean, that's that's that depends on who you want to ask. No, he's definitely not doing a good Some job. Some people there. might he's say not yes. Doing a good job. No, no, he's not. And I'll say this. I liked him a lot. I thought when he got let go from the 49ers that he was going to be the Raiders' choice, and then Michigan went and hired him, and then the Raiders went and got Jack Del Rio, and I was kind of on the fence with they're Del Rio. They're undefeated this season because I was going to be like, no, they're doing good. They're undefeated. They're, how long has it taken them to get there? He has been very underwhelming in Michigan. Yeah, but that's the dream job, though. He has been very <laughs> underwhelming in Michigan. Well, you know what I just thought about since we um talking about college coaches and all that good stuff? What? Mike Tomlin today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mike Tomlin was uh, excellent today. And it's funny that you mentioned that. Vinny Bonsignor had talked to me yesterday when we were at the Raiders facility uh, before Rich Basaccia actually met with us and said, what do you think about Tomlin to USC? And I was like, there's no chance. Why would he want to go from being the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach that he's been for so long? That's the one thing. You want to talk about continuity at the head coaching position. How about the Steelers? What have they had three head coaches in the history of their team? <laughs> it's not too bad. Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, and, and now Mike Tomlin? It's not too bad. Why would you want to go from that to USC and have to go out there and recruit? Not that USC is a hard place to recruit, but why would you want to have to go sit in mom and dad's living room and try to recruit young men to go to USC when you have the Pittsburgh Steelers head coaching job? I thought that was crazy. Carson Palmer, I mentioned him earlier in the show, he's the one who actually brought this up on Dan Patrick's show. So, of course, someone did their due diligence. Uh, and they asked Mike Tomlin about it today at the uh, at, at his media session. I thought this answer from Mike Tomlin, uh, and me and Mike Tomlin have beef. He doesn't know about it, but I do. <laughs> he big-timed me. He big-timed me at a Baylor Pro Day, and, th- and that's just kind of his style. But, hey, here it, it is what it is. He's, he's, a, he's a good dude, and he's a damn good coach. So this was his response to the speculation about the USC job. Hey, guys, I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. Um, I got one of the best jobs in, in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, that'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. Okay? Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. Anyone else? All right. Thank you. Anybody asking Sean Payton about that? You know, anybody asking Andy Reid about stuff like that? Love it. Love it. Let it be known. That was great. I love the energy, the passion, the anger behind that statement, especially at the end when he just dropped it. Is anybody asking Sean Payton, anyone asking Andy Reid about that? Why are you asking me about that? I love it. I don't care if Carson Palmer threw his name in there or not. I thought it was silly when I heard it. And, of course, if you're a member of the media, you've got to ask about it at the media session. But for him just to break it down like that, I thought was great. Great answer right there from Mike Tomlin. He said, there ain't a booster with enough blank check. I didn't know where he was going when he said said blank. I didn't know if he was, like, censoring himself or then he was talking about just – and then he said check. And so I said, okay, got you. 
just a big, big, big check where you could basically write your own number in there. I'm with them, though, and I'm an NFL guy, so it's not like, you know, I, I, I don't have any allegiance to any kind of college. I don't have an alma mater, don't have any of that, but I know some people that say, hey, the college game is way better than NFL. I wouldn't want to be a head coach in the NFL. If, if, I'm, if, I, if, it's, if it's up to me, I, I feel like the, the NFL is the end-all, be-all. Like it's, it doesn't get any better than that, but again, that's just me. Some people have different desires. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. Again, this, this coaching conversation has been, been fun. It's obviously just speculation. I mean, we're in October, almost November, but we're, 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 we're at the end of October. So there's so much time between now and the end of the season and the off season when, you know, teams start really going and making decisions. And there's so many decisions, you know, we, we're just talking about the head coaching position. Uh, I, I agree with everyone who says that you got to keep Gus Bradley around. I agree 100%. I think that that has been a great pickup great addition and Ron Miles and Richard Smith. I think those three come as a package duo tr- trio. I-, I like that. They've done some really good things with the defense and really helped these players understand what they need to do. And you see these guys just going around, flying around the field, making a bunch of plays. So I agree hundred percent with that. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting again, right now, the big, the best thing to do is just kind of enjoy the moment, enjoy the ride that the, the team is on, see how it shakes out. They're guaranteed 10 more games. Obviously, they want to play more than that. Mike Mayock said this is a playoff team. Obviously, they still believe that. So we'll see. We'll see exactly how it all shakes out. Um, got any more calls that you want to get to, Demon? Or I got a couple more texts I can hit real quick. Yeah, no calls on this end yet. Okay. Uh, how about, Henry, are you gone? That one's a good one. <laughs> Raider Jay from Sacramento said, Tom Flores... He's saying he'd be the coach. I don't think Tom wants to coach anymore. Tom has done all his all his coaching he needs to do. He's already uh he he's got a bust in the Hall of Fame. He's in Canton, Ohio. He ain't worried about coaching these days. He is not worried about coaching. I don't blame him. At this point, I'd say, yeah, I'm good. I'll uh I'll join the broadcast and do a couple, you know, a couple <laughs> couple cut-ins here and there, but I'm good. My times of being stressed out as a coach or not even stressed out as a coach is over. Uh, then we got another text. Man, I was joking. I don't really want Brent Musburger to yell balls deep every time Henry Ruggs scores a touchdown. And then he responded and said, actually, yeah, I do. <laughs> That's why I said, man, get out of here, man. You 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 clowning around. Hey, man, it's all good. I love it. Uh, Fargo Raider responded, uh, instead of big shot, we can go with Henry deep shot Ruggs and then just win, baby. How about that? I can't believe you guys got into a conversation about Henry Ruggs' nickname anyway. <laughs> No, and then you, we just rolled with it. Yeah, you know, take happen? calls, man, because some, then someone is like, hey, Demon, you need to get on that magic carpet. And it's just, it all That's started right. with the magic carpet. That's right. We sure did. That's funny. Well, you didn't have to get on the magic carpet. We got everything figured out. I definitely appreciate that. And I appreciate everyone who's been part of the show today. A lot of great calls, a lot of great texts. I know my guy Vinny Bonsignor is coming up next in the huddle with Lincoln Kennedy. They're going to hold it down. And, again, they've got so many – uh, different topics and different conversations that we could have throughout the course of this week being a, a bye week as it is. Don't have to really talk about uh, a game. I am interested to see what the Raiders do as far as another wide receiver now that they l- release Willie Sneed. Interested to see who they bring in. Uh, <laughs> we got this tech. How, how about Gru's bro, Jay? No, 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 no. He was always just that, too. And I hate that for him. I hate when people get overshadowed by their big brother or their dad or, you know what I mean? Something like that. And he was always, in my opinion, 
Jay Gruden was always John's brother. He was always John's brother. Let's see. We got another text. Vegas Pete, Roadrunner Rugs. It's kind of cool. <laughs> Raider Jay from Sacramento. He really went in. Jackpot. Jackpot Raiders. Balls deep on the magic carpet. <laughs> you know what? Y'all, y'all play too much, man. That's all I'm just I'm reading the text, no, man. I'm not saying you. You know, we just we just taking the text as we get them. But they know who Raider Jay's about. got. Uh, he's got jokes. Jokes live in Sacramento, California. Yo, yeah, y'all playing too much. I'm not mad. I think it's funny. I yo, think it's but it was funny. yo. Um, here we go, Magic Carpet. Rugburn. I think Rugburn was the best one. I really do. I think Rugburn was the best one. How about if if we're gonna go with one? If we're gonna pick one, how about we pick Rugburn? I mean, maybe we can ask him at the next media session after the game, next home game. I He'll just laugh. He'll yeah, laugh. Like, hey, about, he ain't worried about no nickname. How maybe, about this? Maybe, as a maybe, final maybe little like, nugget hey, for you one. before the huh? Maybe he'll say, "You know what? That's a good one. I'll think about it." Nah, he won't. He won't. <laughs> he's so he's so humble and chill. He's he's not he's not thinking about that. Alex just tweeted at me, Henry smoking rugs. I can I could come up with a good song about that. Um, how about this for any Raider fan who's been a Raider fan for quite a long time, longer than Demond has? The Lions cut Daryl Worley today. That's not a shock. It's not a shock at all. Daryl Worley gets cut all the time. And he gets burned and gets cut. He's got, he's got burned plenty of times wearing that silver and black jersey. He is the gift that keeps on giving. He'll make one good play, and then all of a sudden, boom, 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 get burned three times in a row. I think the Raiders are happy with their defensive backs that they have. You Casey remember Hayward. every bad player. What? You remember every bad player. There's been a lot of them. <laughs> how could you not how could you not remember them I remember the good ones too but I just know that there's been a lot of bad players that they leave that bad taste in your mouth I think the bad ones they leave that worse taste in your mouth than the good ones do because the good ones you're like oh yeah he was good but then you remember that bad one that you saw on the field and you're thinking oh man he's out there again oh no that's who Daryl Worley was well that's gonna do it for me appreciate you uh, DeMond holding it down and Navigating through our little technical difficulties of Vinny Bonsignor's coming up next. He's going to hold it down in the huddle with Lincoln Kennedy. They'll have plenty to talk about, and uh, they'll take your calls. They'll take your texts, and they'll do it from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We'll talk tomorrow.